morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. The date is December 19th. Hope you're having a good weekend so far. At least a little bit of a better weekend than I am. I'm unfortunately a bit under the weather, but just got a rapid test. Doesn't seem to be COVID. So still 7.31 a.m. must go on. Um, We got some fun stuff to talk about today, so I'll dive in. First up, today is the 20th anniversary on this day in 2001. The first Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, released. I feel like in that trilogy, it's not the best of the three, but it is a banger. I feel like The Two Towers, the second one, is the one that has the most iconic set pieces in my memory. Um, But knowing that this is the anniversary, I might have to tune in today and just uh, sit back if I can carve out three hours to watch it. But I I love these movies. And so it's crazy. It's been 20 years. I feel like those movies really changed kind of this genre of blockbuster films that we see today were really largely impacted by Peter Jackson and these just insane epic movies that he made throughout the 2000s. And with that in mind, we'll just keep going in the world of entertainment. Entertainment. Some of the first numbers from Spider-Man No Way Home have come out. And uh, on Friday, Spider-Man No Way Home boasted the second best opening day of all time. Also, there will be no spoilers in this, so don't worry. I actually still haven't seen it. I'm still trying to figure out when to go, but so don't spoil it. The latest MCU big screen blockbuster brought in 121 million on the first day, which now puts it in the category as the second best opening day in the history of the domestic box office. This puts it ahead of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which had 119 million, but behind You can take a second to guess what MCU movie, but uh, Avengers Endgame, which made 157 million on its first day. So it's actually not that close to Endgame. I feel like Endgame was such a a moment that it'll it'll be a while before something beats that first day record, I bet. I still haven't gotten to see it, but the reviews are pretty uh, unanimously positive and the box office numbers are doing really well, which it's been a while that since we've seen box office numbers like this with COVID. Um, So seeing that people are really going to the theaters really demonstrates that it's a it's a bit of a must watch. So I'm definitely going to try and I I love the Spider-Man movies. Just haven't been able to go yet, but I'm going to make sure that I see it this week. In other TV movie news, we got our first look and the release date for the continuation of the anime Bleach. So for the anime fans out there, um, you might know the term the big three, which is a term used to refer to the three most popular anime during the 2000s. Um, So it's Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach are often referred to as the big three. And the creator of Bleach, Tite Kubo, made an announcement at the Jump Festa in Japan yesterday. He announced that Bleach, the thousand-year blood war, which is the final arc from the manga, will finally be getting its anime adaptation, and the adaptation is set for October 2022. The original run of the anime had concluded in 2014 before they got to this arc, but now folks are finally going to get to see this arc adapted. Um, We also got a really cool trailer. I personally, it's the one of the big three that I haven't actually watched. I've seen Naruto and I'm ongoing through One Piece. If you don't know One Piece, is a thousand episodes. But Bleach seems so sick. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. But now knowing that they're going to finally finish it and give us one more arc might be a good time to tune in. Also in the world of entertainment or music, a recent study that came out late last week suggests that Logic's song 1-800-273-8255 from 2017 might have actually had a hand in reducing suicide rates during the times when it was most popular. So the BMJ, which is a British peer-reviewed medical journal, shared a study late last week demonstrating that Logic's song from 2017 with the hotline uh, in the title may have actually reduced rates and increased um, call rates to the suicide hotline. In the 34 days following the three events with the most public attention around the song, so when it was first released, when he performed it at the MTV Music Awards and the Grammy Awards in 2018, 
Um, so in the 34 days following those three events, the hotline received almost 7% more calls than they usually would. And there were reportedly 5.5% fewer suicides in these periods than usual. This is just a really nice story demonstrating the impact that artists can have. And this song I got a really wonderful response when it first came out. But now years later to see the numbers that it might have actually um, really concretely impacted people and made a really positive impact on people's lives is really nice to hear. So shout out Logic for that. It's nice to hear the impact that artists can have. NFTs. Hopping over into the world of NFTs. If you haven't been keeping up throughout all of December, we've been running this program called the days of POAP, the 25 days of POAP. Um, POAP stands for proof of attendance protocol. And the analogy I always use is it's essentially the idea of like collecting ticket stubs from a concert. Um, a POAP is an NFT that you earn from participating in some sort of event. So whether it's a talk or going to a concert um, or in our case, we've been hosting events on Twitter or you read an article or you watch a TikTok every day for 25 days and then you receive an NFT. Um, the NFTs are always free and really easy to get through the POAP app. Yesterday, we did a really great one with this artist who's also a toy maker, Mumbot, um, and she got to share a lot about her experience in the space designing toys and then uh, NFTs as well, and then also her experience as a mom in the space. And it was a really great talk yesterday. And then today we're featuring this artist, Jeremy Booth, who's the artist behind the Bushido's NFT project. He and I had actually talked a few months ago as well. Um, Bushido's is this really cool samurai inspired PFP project. It's really colorful, beautiful art. He's a great illustrator who's done a lot of uh, really impressive client work as well. And so I got to talk to him and I'm publishing an article today that you'll be able to read a little bit later today about the future of the project and some of the plans that they have for the project. And it's always just cool to hear how Avatar projects are thinking of ways to um, keep news coming about their project and keep it interesting. And so they've got a couple of fun ideas right now. Ongoing um, people who own a Bushido are able to mint a corresponding sword, which is called a Daito, which is the uh, Japanese word for a traditional long sword. And so if you hold a Bushido, you're able to go to a link right now and mint a Daito, and then you get another, another NFT of this sort of katana-like sword. And then also, they're going to open up the possibility at some point in 2022 where you can participate in a seppuku event, which means that you'll burn both your Bushido and the sword, and then you will be able to create a Ronin token, which will be uh, an NFT, a class of its own, um, that's rarer and ideally more valuable. It's just really interesting whenever I get to talk to Jeremy about the way that they are continuing to innovate this project. Um, so I'm excited to hear the Twitter space, which will be today at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's sometimes a subject to change, so check our Twitter, but that's where it is scheduled for. And it's interesting just to hear how Jeremy came up with the idea for the project and a lot of the future plans, which also include a comic that they're going to produce. He's got a lot of fun stuff up. Sports. Finally, in sports, there's so much going on with the NBA and COVID, but there's still no final plan um, or real like concrete announcement from the league about what they're going to do. So we didn't have anything to report on in the NBA. A lot of players keep entering COVID protocol. But I would say the biggest news from the sports world yesterday was actually from the MLB, which even though the MLB is in the middle of a lockout, moves like this are still allowed to happen, which is that the Mets have hired their new general manager, Buck Showalter. Buck is best known for his time with the Orioles and also the Yankees in the 90s. Um, he was a three-time American League Manager of the Year. He's also more recently been an analyst for ESPN because he hasn't managed a team since 2018. I feel like he was one of the biggest names floating around as a potential GM candidate for the Mets. If you're a frequent listener of this pod, you know I'm more of a basketball guy. I follow the NFL a bit, but I don't follow baseball that closely. So I kind of crowdsourced some early re reactions to the news from friends of mine who are more into baseball. My dad... He was excited uh, to hear that they have finally selected a manager and a manager with a winning record and a, a consistent history in the league, but wanted to maybe see them pick somebody younger and up and coming. Um, but then other Mets fans that I've talked to are excited because Buck Schwalter is a big name. And so hopefully it will um, 
be good news for the for the Mets, but we'll 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 have to wait and see if the lockout can be figured out and have to wait until the season um, hopefully begins in a timely manner before we can see how this shakes out. And that is it for today's episode. For more detail on these stories and more, head over to 137pm.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, remember, stay curious. 